0: go.
1: No, you go. Okay, I'm Haley. And I'm Syrah.
0: We love learning.
1: We love discovering. And we We love love talking. Are we experts on literally everything? Absolutely not. But how will we learn if we never start the conversation? So, we hope you'll join us for this literal journey. Welcome to our podcast. We appreciate you coming. In today's episode, we'll talk about Inventions that women made, but men got the credit for them instead. This episode is called Dude Looks Like a Lady Part 1. It is part one of two parts.
0: So I'm going to start with, and maybe some listeners know who she is, but I'm going to start with Hedy Lamarr. I think that's how you pronounce her name. She was an actress in the mid-1900s, but most people don't know that she was a pioneering inventor. She actually gained interest in inventing at the at age of five when she dismantled and put back together music boxes. So she was probably like a lot of young girls that today are wanting to get into inventing things and just find how, find out how things work at a really young age. So she grew up and she, she beautiful woman, uh, is known for her beauty, known for being an actress, and she meets this guy, his name's George Antheil, and she worked with him on her different inventions, but usually behind doors. She wasn't really, like, big on, or she must not have been big on sharing her life as an actress as an in, and an inventor. And she did a lot of these inventions uh, through World War II, during World, World War II, she tried to invent a device to block enemy ships from jamming torpedo signals um, and she coined the term frequency hopping so doing this her and this george antheil i do have information that he did confirm that it was her her design basically they took it around to these places during world war ii and nobody wanted their design they said it was too cumbersome Uh, Basically, they just had the, it was difficult for enemies to locate the messages because the messages would keep jumping frequencies, but these places just thought it was too cumbersome. So, they did get a patent. Their patent ended in 1959, but before their patent ended, other companies took took their idea, their design, and used it for a basis for their bigger ideas. So they basically still stole credit from them before the patent ended. And then once it did end in 1959, in 1962 was the Cuban Missile Crisis, and they just used frequency hopping. So horrible stuff. She never got any credit or any compensation. And now frequency hopping has helped us develop things like Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, GPS, and all those things we can credit to her it's like a 30 billion dollar industry just wow. using frequency hopping um so yeah i don't know what, what what do you think about it um she she quoted she quote she actually has a quote that says any girl can be glamorous all you have to do is stand still and look stupid wow yeah
1: that's really interesting i think even as as smart and as beautiful as she was so just kind of like checking all the boxes mm-hmm. and famous at that too she still recognized that there was there was such injustice against women in the world at the time
0: yeah
1: and yeah. I I definitely have heard that she's regarded as the world's most beautiful woman mm-hmm. so that's I mean I I have to admit that I'm guilty of that as well like I didn't know. Um, I I have I definitely knew who she was when we saw her name sort of in the list of women we wanted to talk about today. Her and and Rosalind Franklin were the two names that I had recognized Mm -hmm. but I didn't know at all that she was what she was.
0: Yeah it's so crazy to think about like I, I don't know, I guess when reading too, I saw that a lot of people just talk about her six marriages, <laughs> you know, like, right. they just dig into all these other things, um, but not about her inventions, her $30 billion frequency hopping invention. So, super crazy. She, she ended up getting credit in 1997, <laughs> like 40 years after, and she died in 2000, so She won this Pioneer Award of of the Electronic Frontier Foundation in 1997. But, I don't know,
1: too late. I don't know if you said, did you say who ended up getting credit for her inventions? So I guess it was many, many
0: people taking credit for her inventions. I don't think this George Antheil guy took much credit because he did confirm it was her design. Uh-huh. But I think it was all these other companies that took her design and then used it as the basis for their other designs. And then she didn't get any any credit at all for the Cuban Missile Crisis when they used it for that. Uh-huh. I, I, I don't know. I really like this story because it, it shows there's more behind people that are just pretty, you know? I think she has a lot of quotes in there that she was like, I want to put something towards society too. I think she felt bad that she was an actress, she wanted to do more with it, you know, more with her life.
1: Wow. That is really interesting. Um, Do you know, so I I was reading as you were talking here that it says she and George Antheo, like you mentioned, developed the radio guidance system um, and the frequency hopping technology intended to fe- de- defeat the threat of jamming by the Axis powers. Do you know anything more about that, like how they did it or... How they specifically
0: jammed the frequency. Yeah. I don't know exactly too much. It's interesting because I'm actually uh, taking classes, like, kind of in this realm. Um, like, I'm taking dynamic systems, and we do talk a lot about frequencies. And it, it does depend on, like, how you're, you have input signals, and then you have frequencies that help damp other frequencies. So I'm mm-hmm. guessing that they basically found a way and this is like complicated engineering work they found a way to make it so these frequencies would hop from uh or their message so they had they they have a message that they wanted to deliver the message itself would hop from different frequencies like different radio frequencies and Uh so the enemy would try to locate they they wouldn't have enough time to find and locate that message and derail it basically oh wow I think I think that's yeah so it sounds like that they yeah it literally is like a term of uh, that's why it's called frequency hopping so it goes from from frequency to frequency and it's very difficult to be able to like center in on where it is
1: and if you think about what that means and the time that that was happening, it's in the middle of World War II. And we all know what the ramifications of that war were. And so just, just being able to help at all in yeah. the efforts of defeating the Axis powers, but to, to help in such a huge way, this woman that, to me, that's the thing that people should be saying about her, not, it's great, beauty is great um fame in in acting is great we all love movies um but she in a sense helped save the world
0: oh yeah for sure and, and I think it's cool too like because you know how we talked about in our bios where we both love engineering but we also love like creativity and so I think it's cool that she she did both you know she was she was she's a prime example of someone that you know can have a love in um acting and be very feminine, and as well, be very, very educated, very, very smart, and create something inventive as well. So I think I think that's really cool, too.
1: I think that's a really good point that you mentioned, Haley. I think that, uh, so I, I just recently learned, and this is not a person that we're going to spend too much time on today, but I just recently learned about the creator of Goldie Blocks, which is a STEM toy geared toward little girls. And her name is Debbie really cool. Sterling. Yeah. And so Debbie Sterling, she – I was listening to a TED Talks by her, and she had a really good way of explaining that, yeah, encouraging women in STEM – encouraging women in STEM is not saying, oh, my gosh, makeup and doing your hair – and um, trying to look nice or anything like that, playing with dolls, anything like that is stupid or a waste of time. Because Debbie Sterling, just like um, Hey Lamar, they they were so comfortable in both worlds. And Debbie Sterling is an engineer, and I think that's something that we do have to. I think I think that's something that we we don't get permission to do enough is you kind of have to be either or and i, I don't think that's the case and so that's mm-hmm. one of the really really cool things that we learned from these women is that you can be miss pretty princess and then also um help in world war Two. like you know yeah you know, yeah exactly
0: yeah sarah I'll, I'll always remember like one of the first times we actually hung out you we were talking about I think we were just talking about like women in engineering and I kind of was saying stuff like why don't women just get in engineering like why don't they just pursue that that career and you you basically said to me well Haley like I I like to be feminine I like to um like I, I don't want to just be an engineer you know I want to also be a woman Yeah. And that really, really stuck with me because I was like, that's right. We can, we don't have to be manly to be an engineer because that's kind of like, not even what any of this is about. Right. You know, like we can be feminine and be an engineer as well.
1: Right. Actually kind of, I'm remembering that conversation too, Haley. And I think where that came from was uh, we talked about um, women in the engineering workplace being sort of feeling like they sort of have to be more aggressive. Mm -hmm. And and I thought to myself, like, well no, I shouldn't have to be a certain way to to be an engineer. You know, if if I if my temperament, like much like yours, is very mild in the workplace. Um we can obviously be crazy when we're having fun, but in the workplace we tend to be very mild mannered and we don't necessarily need to be the loudest or the first or um whatever the case is and and that should be okay we shouldn't have to stomp around and and throw fit to get our way um and we 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 also talked about how if a woman in the workplace does do that then she's regarded as the b-word or um, bossy yeah yeah, yep other b-word but then also bossy (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> both be words, and we hate them both. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, but yeah. But but if a man does it, maybe he's considered assertive or mm-hmm. a stand-up guy, or you know, fights for what he believes in type thing. Yeah. So yeah, I think there's all these. I think, at least in my personal opinion, I think there are differences in in men and women that should be valued and celebrated, and we should not have to. I shouldn't have to try to be like a man. If, if that's not what I want to do. And you shouldn't have to try to be like a man if that's not what you want to do. But I don't think aggressive or um, rude or whatever the case, those those kinds of words and qualities should not be synonymous with man or woman. A woman can yep. be aggressive yep. and a man can be aggressive. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, awesome. Hedy Lamar sounds like a... Yeah. Yeah. Forced yeah. to be reckoned with. <laughs>
0: okay, tell me about your woman,
1: girl. Oh my gosh. Okay, so my lovely lady um helped discover the structure of DNA. Okay. She was an air raid warden in London. What's and her name? A- well, let me get there.
0: Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and <What is> <laughs> she was alive for only 37 years. And then, then oh. I say, "Who is she?" <laughs> you guessed it, Rosalind Franklin.
0: You should have told me you were doing a whole intro thing. I was trying to make, I was trying to make this a conversation.
1: <laughs> there are no more traps. <laughs> <laughs> the trap. There
0: All are right. no more traps.
1: Okay. okay, okay. So her her bio is so she her quick very quick bio mm-hmm. is she was born in London. Um, she got a scholarship to Cambridge, so yay, girl. Then she was involved in and conducted research on the structure of coal that led to better gas masks for the British during World War II. So we have okay. another lady who was very uh, token in the World War II and uh, another woman also that we spend almost zero time talking about, mm-hmm. just like Hey, Lamar. And so, after World War Two, she became really involved with X-ray crystallography. Have you ever heard of that? No, I have not.
0: Oof, it sounds yeah, intense, though.
1: It sounds intense. <laughs> it does sound intense. Is uh, it had
0: to do with the coal mining, or is this completely different, like the coal so,
1: stuff? So this is different. I uh, I think it's different. I I didn't go to school for it yet, so. Um, yeah
0: we were we we were going to be crystallographers
1: but we we
0: did didn't know what it was
1: so then we yeah
0: I changed course
1: yeah yeah right Mm -hmm. so according so so according to Wikipedia Wikipedia knew what it was and (laughs) they always do somehow (laughs) I love them we should donate to them (laughs) they should sponsor us actually (laughs) they should sponsor us (laughs) so according to them It is the experimental science determining the atomic and molecular structure of a crystal in which the crystalline structure causes a beam of incident x-rays to diffract (laughs) into many specific directions.
0: Oh, so it's like a light thing too.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, that's super cool. That's what I deduced from it as well basically yeah. by looking at the angles and the way they appear and the way the light behaves someone can deduce sort of a basic picture but apparently the basic picture that you're deducing mm-hmm. is the density of electrons inside
0: oh actually this and is that, kind of interesting you know? i feel like i've had well I've, I've just i've had a material class actually this uh recent term of school and we mm-hmm. got into a little bit of like i guess crystallography in a a sense maybe I should have said I knew a little bit of what that was (laughs) sort of more intense than like what we were learning about but Mm
1: -hmm. that is a cool Mm -hmm.
0: connection though
1: I also had this past semester a materials class and I don't know if you've heard about it but we studied things like um wood oh I have heard of wood yeah right Mm. so that's what we anyway so, so then then Rosalind Franklin went to King's College, uh, where she, okay. so the crystallography stuff, right? Then it comes in useful, because it helps her d- confirm that the structure of DNA was indeed a helix, but it also helps oh. to determine that, more specifically, it was a double helix. So I guess at the time, um, there a lot of people assumed and were theorizing that it was a helix, so she confirmed that number one and number two of mysteries was they did not know at the time whether it was a single double triple otherwise helix and so she was able to confirm the one thing and then also determine the double helix part of it
0: Wow. that's so interesting how she was able to like take the crystallography and put it towards dna that yeah. comparison to me is insane
1: apparently she spent a lot of time I didn't personally keep track of how much Mm -hmm. time she spent um but apparently she spent a lot of time looking at DNA under microscopes and so that is how she and what did you think of that photo 51
0: I might still have it up um but but actually maybe (laughs) I never close my tabs um but yeah no I definitely want you to talk more about that um the photo 51 basically if you look it up. I'm, I'm seeing a black and white image. It looks like it's from a, a microscopic image. And I do see like an X pattern in the middle of it.
1: Right. Oh my I gosh. Is that right. the double?
0: Look? Oh my. Yeah. That's, that's
1: cool. That's cool. Oh, look that up, people. <laughs> look that up, people. Did you, had you seen the, the photo 51 before yesterday, Haley? I don't think so. I don't think so. Right. I had, I don't know seen. much about DNA sides of things. Right. Other than mm, that, we have it yeah
0: but I don't look at my own I I never look at my own DNA
1: (laughs) 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 just uh enjoying the sounds of our own voices (laughs) okay so um so that's where the photo 51 comes into play okay and yeah very exciting and so um that was the game changer and apparently her co-worker a man oh, his name was maurice wilkins and he stole the photo and he was the one who showed it to james watson and <laughs> i the other guy's last name is crick and i couldn't remember what his first name was okay over to me and he goes is it harold do you know, do you know who harold crick is no. He's Will character. a man. Character. He is a man. He's Will Ferrell's character in Stranger Than Fiction. Oh. So
0: oh. No, I've seen... I started who,
1: that movie. Owen thinks that's who, who stole the photo <laughs> from... Oh, my God. So, Maurice Wilkins, her co-worker, he stole it, and he showed it to James Watson, and the crick guy okay. they did publish i still i i won't look up his first name i could easily <laughs> just google it um so they did publish the both findings of oh excuse me they did publish both the findings of franklin and the men in the same journal however okay. franklin's work was made a postscript. so basically instead of it being like the main piece they sort of made it look like Watson and Crick's piece was the main piece that found out what they found out about DNA and that mm-hmm. Rosalind Franklin's research just kind of confirmed what they had already found out. So that was the perspective that you got from reading that journal. Okay. Right. Wow. Um and so unfortunately or maybe fortunately, I guess, uh she died before they even she even found out that they took her photographs. She had ovarian cancer. Um, So that's that's why she ended up dying so young at 37, Mm -hmm. and then the men were awarded the Nobel Prize after a few years after her death. They were awarded the Nobel Prize. They they both were. Yes. Oh, I know. I was waiting. Uh. I was waiting for that.
0: You know, and it sucks going through ovarian cancer. Uh huh.
1: And then you know, being dead, and then having that happen to you. It gets better. So if that wasn't enough for you, if that wasn't enough of an ugh, outrage for you, apparently one of the men, so James Watson, about, I think I counted 10 years after uh, Rosalind Franklin had died, he writes a book and he says things like, I can see that you're sitting down in our zoo podcast, but I'm just going to say, you're going to want to be sitting down for what I'm about okay. to tell you. I can stand if you would like me to. Could you, could you just stand and then yep, could you me, just sit back yep, down? Second. Okay. 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 Yep. Haley, you're going to want to sit down for this.
0: Oh, my God. Okay, here I yeah. am.
1: <laughs> All right. So now that you're sitting, yeah. um, so, so James Watson refers to Rosalind Franklin, who has been dead for 10 years at this point,
0: mm.
1: as belligerent, emotional, and unable to interpret her own data. Wow. So. <laughs> and if you think that was bad... If you think that was bad, I watched an interview that he did and yeah. watched him myself oh. say such horrible things about her. And so at this point, she's been dead for 50 years. Okay. I think the interview was in 2008, so about 50 years after she she's died. Mm-hmm. And he still can't even let her rest. He says she was paranoid about people stealing her data. And he well, calls... Yeah. Her- yeah yeah i know so i'm literally not an extra ray crystallographer but we can figure out why we can figure out why she's paranoid right yeah yeah and he he says things like oh she wasn't really good with dealing with people she had asperger's she couldn't handle things she didn't ask people for help this is the guy who like to me i feel like if you didn't really steal her work then mm-hmm. why do you have so much to say about her 50 years later why yeah 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 i hope she's haunting him i and if he's dead by now i hope she's haunting his his ghost
0: yeah wait so when what's uh what was the years on
1: this too i forget so how old would he be would he be if would he still be alive then Oof. okay so while he was alive in 2008 she died i believe in oh 2008 okay 58 and so that's where my 50 year calculation came from So it was literally fifty years. I didn't even realize it was literally oh, wow. fifty. Literally, <laughs> actually fifty years. Literally, actually <laughs> fifty years. So I don't know. Um, let me find out if he's still alive. So maybe okay. we could haunt his ghost. Um, I would love.
0: I would love you. that. James yeah. Watson. That's that's crazy. And I feel like this is just such a good example of. <gasps>
1: Haley, he's alive. Ugh. I know he's ninety two. Mm. <sighs> Sorry. What was this a good example of? I apologize for cutting you off. I was
0: gonna say it is such a prime example of honestly this woman like i'm like i I'm sad that she died before that she could you know make a case for herself, but it's right. so annoying that women have to make a case for themselves, you know that some people believe yeah. what this man says i'm I'm guessing she was just conscious about stealing her work because she knew the men she was working with, and so that it just makes me sad it's like what we talked about how um when a woman does work it, and she is assertive about it, then she's bossy. And so it's, it's right. a well, prime example.
1: He said belligerent. He called yeah, it belligerent. belligerent. Well, who knows? Yeah. That was probably like, hey, do you mind? I was using this computer. Can I please finish my work on this? That's literally probably yeah. an example of their exchange. And um, uh, one of the, the videos that I watched to learn about her said that Maurice Wilkins thought that she or he he treated her when she came to work at king's college with him as if she was there to take out the trash oh so and so this guy maurice wilkinson's is the man who stole her photograph so uh bitter a little bit much yeah wow so thank you all for listening to our podcast we really appreciate your support We hope you enjoyed getting to know us both a little bit better, but we also hope you benefited in some way by listening to the stories about the women we shared.
0: Also, a little look into our next episode, a.k.a. part two of Dude Looks Like a Lady, is that it will feature two more inspiring women. So please join us. Uh, We also encourage you to check out the links we have posted on our Anchor
1: page. This will lead you to the resources we've used to create the episodes we make. Also found there is our official bio episode where you can learn a little bit more about Haley and me. And also found there is a very important disclaimer. Thanks so much for coming.